I'm Judy Carter, and you're listening to the Power of Purpose podcast, where we explore how to live a purposeful life and how creative people like yourself can make a living doing what you love. Oh boy, is that changing during the quarantine, isn't it, Jason? Absolutely. Making a living. Yeah, I mean, you know, as as of the time of this recording, um, you know, you know, there's a lot of unemployment going happening right now. There's more job loss. The there are possibly industries that may not return to the United States or may, if they do return, will be something completely different. There's going to be a lot of change and. Uh, Especially at this time, you know, depending on when this is released, if the if the nation is opened back up, if there's other things going on, there are going to be many, many people, uh, including people who are listeners to this podcast, who will need to reinvent themselves in order to, you know, have a career, to get a job, to you know, start a new business. You know, there's going to be a lot of reinvention. And uh, and that's kind of what we wanted to talk about in this episode. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of people are going, well, you know, I lost my job, but um, I, I, and I can't wait for things to go back. I can't mm-hmm. wait to things go back the way they were. Mm-hmm. Well, there'll be some things that will go back the way they were, but there's going to be a lot of things that don't ever ever come back Mm -hmm. um i've seen like in my neighborhood um restaurants that have been there you know 30 years um hurry curry i love that place Mm -hmm. and uh the whole restaurant's gone like there's their name is off the building it's boarded up it's absolutely um done Mm -hmm. and you know and now um i don't know as far as movie theaters go They're saying it's going to be a long time before people gather um, in, in, in movies. And, um, but so I'm thinking, let's talk about reinventing yourself mm-hmm. because maybe, um, and, and you know, I know this is going to, I hope this doesn't sound insensitive, but so many people who are successful and it's, how did you build a company from nothing? How did you do this? How how did you end up making so much money um, um, and having such a great job? And it always starts off with, well, I quit the job I had. Yes. It was getting me nowhere. Mm-hmm. It always was, starts with a series of failures. I, I had to quit my job or I lost five jobs or I opened four businesses and they all failed. And I did the, you know. Most successful people are successful because of their ability to reinvent, recreate, and, you know, get after it day after day. Oh, 100%. You know, um, in 2008, there was that huge recession, and um, we, we are in one now, and it might even turn to a depression, they're saying. It could, it, it, it could be bad. And yet, um, there's always people who survive and actually thrive. Mm -hmm. And in 2008, um, I was getting a lot of speaking gigs like, oh, my God, it was like the glorious days. I would speak on a cruise ship in the Caribbean and then um, fly to the next day to Toronto, uh, to um, Vancouver and ski Whistler and (laughs) I was making really good money. And it was like, nope. 
there's a recession. Companies are cutting back on motivational speakers mm-hmm. and um, not not having meetings anymore. Yeah. And, and, and we're not going to meet anymore. And that was really bad for motivational speakers and hookers, apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right. No more business meeting. Las Vegas was hurting. Atlantic City was hurting. Mm -hmm. Right. Anyway, uh, so during that time, I kind of went like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? That's how I've been making a living. And that's when I wrote a new book on how to make a living as a speaker. And I started the online university. Mm. And um, that was a way to reinvent myself to as a teacher, an educator, a coach. Mm-hmm. And um, and now that's happening again because I decided to everything that I created from that recession, I decided to give it away for free now. And mm-hmm. so every Tuesdays I'm doing the Message of You workshop. And I- I- anybody, if you're listening to this, you can go to themessageofyou.com. And it was a course that cost, um, you know, about $800 to join. And that $800 course is now free because I'm reinventing myself. Been there, done it, did it, done. Mm -hmm. And so now if you have a job, and uh, I don't know if all jobs are going to come back, so it might be, you know, a good thing to look like. For instance, they're saying that drive-in movie theaters are are going to have a complete resurgence, Mm -hmm. you know. All of that stuff, cleaning services that, you know, know how to um, sterilize stuff. Yep. Uh, delivery services are huge. Matter of fact, right now they can't find another enough people to deliver. And here's something interesting that happened to a friend of mine who, uh, hel- uh, she painted people's um, houses. She, um, she uh, one of the gross supermarkets here, um, had a shout out. Um, they needed people uh, to hire people. And she did, and because they were hiring so many people, and she showed that she was so competent, within one week they put her on a leadership management track. Mm. And they gave her an immediate raise. She's she's not a frontline worker anymore, um, and she's on, uh, on a leadership track that could lead to uh, a, a substantial leadership position um, in a major company. Yeah. And it's something like she never would have thought of, right? Exactly. And so so I think in, in the sense of, of reinvention, you know, we should probably start in the most base level. There's going to be people who are just going to need a job right away, right when they get out. So one of the first things that uh, can really help is knowing and how to prepare yourself for getting a new job. Um, because a lot of people think, you know, oh, you know, there's, oh, I just need something simple, especially if you're a creative, if you're an artist, you, you know, you have that quote unquote day job or how we've liked to call, you know, that's your, what you do to subsidize your art. And there's going to be people who, especially like people who work in restaurants and that kind of thing, who are going to need to go back out into the workforce. And so the first thing they're going to want to do is probably go back to what they know. And that may not be available this time around. So you have to be able to prepare yourself for a new job, a new position, a new thing. And, um, And I can, you know, we'll kind of jump back and forth on how to really do this well. But one of the first things is, is you're going to have to start researching. And I would start researching right now. Um, The big thing about any new job interview or any new thing is 
you don't want to go in blind. You don't want to be the guy or gal who walks in and knows nothing about the company, knows nothing about their objectives, knows nothing about what they want to do, knows nothing about the business, knows nothing about the model, knows nothing about how they make money and just go, well, I'm a hard worker, so just give me a job. Yeah. That's not the approach you want to take. You want no, to... You want no. to start researching right now. What do they do? What are their mission statements? How do they make their money? How do they grow? How did they do last year? How are they doing this year? Have they changed because of this? And that research, just like if you were researching a company for a speaking gig or performance or something like that, you want to know that information ahead of time. And also building that muscle about a company is a, is a great tool just to have in your arsenal for future things. Even if you do pick up, you know, a simple job to subsidize your art, using that skill to improve your creative career is essential as well. Yes. I've, um, I have a coach, uh, it's not what I do for a living, but I've helped some friends and relatives um, prepare for a job interview. Mm-hmm. And um, so what I did with my nephew was I asked him, you know, what what are your jobs? What are your skills? Right. Uh, and and to make a list of everything you love. So, you know, he loves animals. I was saying, well, you know. Um, walking dogs, working with animals, working vet, getting, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're all, that's one business that has not stopped. Yeah. Um, so it's like if you make a list of everything that you love, what do you love being around? What are you good at? What is your skill set? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you don't know tech, and um, you're having a real difficulty operating things like Skype and Zoom during this time, uh, <laughs> I think one of the big changes that companies are going to be making is um, more at-home workers. Yes, um, absolutely. And, and so this might be a really good time to really become an expert in using online tools and mm-hmm. how to use them and what it looks like and what is your background? <laughs> I mean, your literal background behind you mm-hmm. and not all the kids running around. I mean, that's one thing that you can really do. But the one thing that um, another thing that I have helped people do is get that story that will nail the job. And everybody needs to have this. And I let me just go over what that is. You know, everybody goes, well, I'm a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Well, I adapt well. I, you know, they'll say who they, what they do, and the interviewer and you know it's kind of BS. Yeah. <laughs> because to really communicate what you do and how you handle things is uh, a little counterintuitive, but it's a story about how you couldn't do something and learned how to do it mm. well. Yeah. Okay, so for instance, another friend of mine was, she's a therapist, and she was interviewing for a a permanent job um, at a clinic. And and we've thought like, um, she's uh, she's Caucasian, she's Mormon, very straight looking girl. Mm -hmm. And I felt like this clinic, we looked up the clinic online and the clinic is very diverse um, um, uh, uh, clientele, Mm -hmm. uh, racially diverse. So we thought one of the questions, what they would be concerned about, would people be able to trust her, Mm. right? Yeah. 
Right. So we thought ahead, like, what are her, um, um, what would be their concerns in hiring someone like her? And I think you all need to know that. What would be the company's concerns about who they hire? And mm-hmm. you need to know that. That's number one. So we came up with that. And then I said, what story do you have that would um, change their mind and hire you? Okay. Well, the story we used was that um, where she um, was, she said, well, I was very nervous because I didn't think I would have the respect when I host, when I was in charge of a group therapy session of older, rich, gay men. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> All right. So, you know, because I'm t- so different from them. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was very nervous going in. Would they respect me? Would, would um, they listen to me? Would I have their confidence? And after the meeting, one of the men came up and said, can I hug you? Because I want to tell you, at first I was a little worried about them having a woman conduct this. Mm-hmm. But it, was, it, it, it became crystal clear how you handled this, that you are truly a professional. Oh, that's excellent. Now, so she tells that story and she gets the job mm-hmm. because that story um, is a real life story that makes it very clear to the person interviewing you that you're perfect for the job. Yeah. So it's not a just about your job when you go in and you go, I've done this and I've done this and it's all about you. You have to go in, as you said before, Jason, is to research the company. What what are they looking for, and what do you think their concerns would be about who they hire? Mm. Well, that's one right? of the best pieces of advice I have ever heard. And this not only having to do with a job, but if you are an entrepreneur, you're starting a new business, or or you're providing any sort of service for other people, if you can explain to someone their problem back to them in a very expert way, or in a in a way that that shows complete certainty they are going to immediately assume that you have the answer to the problem. So if you go in and you tell a company exactly what their concerns are, they're going to look at you as the person who is going to have the answer. So that level of research is so important. And that's true for, for any, any, you know, business or like if, you know, if I make the, you know, widget A that goes into socket B and I go to the socket B company and I explain to them that the thing that they're missing the most and that they're suffering from is not having a widget A. And then they're going to look at me and go, well, do you have a widget A? And I go, yes, yes, I do. And they go, oh, thank God, because that's exactly what we were looking for. That's exactly what we need. You put them at a level of confidence in you. You bring down their calm because, you know, you got to remember anytime you go in for any job, just like any audition or any, you know, any reading or any pitch or anything, they want you to be the person who they need. They want you to be the person they hire because the moment they find the person they need, they don't have to go on this search anymore. So, yes. so it's so important to go in with that mindset that I am the answer to your problem and your problem is this. Let me lay it out to you fully and completely so that by the end, they're nodding going, yeah, that's right. That's right. We have that problem. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly it. And you're the well, person yes. to fix it, you know? Yes. Every job, um, every speaking gig I get um, is because I, m- what I speak about 
solves a problem the company is having. Mm. So very often I'll go in, let's say I worked at a company um, um, and they did a lot of change. Mm. They had uh, changed their pay structure and people weren't making as much money and they were, and the workplace became very serious. People were quitting, you know, and it became a arduous place to work. And they wanted somebody to come in and lighten up the workplace, bring in Judy Carter. Stress is a laughing matter. Yay. So when that is from speaking or any job interviews. So for instance, in the story that you need to have, you need to have several of them in your pocket yes, about that how was you, be my next point. Yeah. you solve yeah. problems. So, for instance, customer service. Oh, I'm great at handling customers, says absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. But it's, I know it's counterintuitive to admit this, but you need to admit a time where you couldn't handle a customer, where mm -hmm. that customer was very difficult, where you had a problem with it. You didn't know how to handle it. The computer, you know, and maybe, you know, the way you handled it was to get the manager, mm -hmm. right? And, 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 and you, and that shows that you believe in keeping others in the loop. Mm -hmm. Like you are a go getter, but you will always be a team player. Absolutely. So, so that kind of shows that if you have a story, and we call these stories your credibility story. Mm -hmm of how you handled something on a previous job and it it is a called a mess to success story. Mm -hmm. So we all need to have these mess to success stories. How we put out uh, fires um, in our last job that sh that tells the interviewer um, 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 something about you that you're good at customer service, you're going to fit in, you're a team player, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you can't just say it. You have to show it in a short story. And these stories can be like just a minute long and yes. conversational. They're not like a story. Yeah. Well, sit down. Let me tell you, I'm going to be <laughs> do my solo show for you for an hour about mm -hmm. how I handled this problem. It starts when I was a baby growing up. Anyway, no, that's not what it is. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, that's that's a really good thing to do. So and to add on to one of the things you said is, uh, you know, you have to have a couple of these. So the next sort of thing and, and I've been writing these down so we can go back and review them all at the end. But the next thing that uh, you should really concentrate on is having the variety a variable amount of these things. Don't put all your eggs in one basket about what their problems are, because you there's only so much you can learn online or through other people or whatever. Like if you have someone who works there and they can give you the inside track on something, that's fantastic. That's the best level of research you can get uh, unless they're an idiot and they give you wrong information. Uh, but, you know, the second best is researching online, looking what they've done, see what their CEOs and their founders or their managers or whatever. If anyone said anything publicly, um, even yes, with but, uh, that, yeah, you need yeah. to be able to have a variety of things you're going in with. Don't just have one bullet in your gun. You want to have your story about, you know, let's say if it's if it's any sort of service job, you want to talk about how good you are 
uh, or how you had that mess of success in customer service, how you had that mess of success in client relations, how you had that mess of success in inventory and organization, how you had that mess of success in mediation or dealing with, you know, other troubling employees, how you had that mess of success. Have a variety. Go in with a arsenal of things. And, you know, you're going to do a lot more than just one interview. Trust me, that's just the way the working well, world is. Yeah, but the problem is getting to that interview. And, and, I, and my final piece of advice mm-hmm. is your query letter. Yeah. Because it's one thing getting to the interview and having those stories in your pocket. It's another thing getting that. Um, and here's my final piece of advice mm-hmm. on your query letter. Uh, first of all, here's some things not to do. I have put out things on Craigslist and have uh, gotten various employees. And um, I get about, you know, I get hundreds. Mm-hmm. How do I pick that right one? Well, I can immediately let go of 90% of, uh, of them. Um, because they give me form letters. Yeah. And you can tell a form letter because it says, um, uh, dear, and then my name is in one font and the rest of it's in another <laughs> font. Or it's to whom it may concern. Yeah. Or everybody. Dear employer. Me, well, here's the thing. I want somebody who listens, um, who's detailed, who's thorough. So I always put my name in there Mm -hmm. in in the job description and everybody who says dear sir is eliminated (laughs) because that tells me they are not detail oriented the next thing um um i eliminate to who it may concern and so i want it i want that they created something they took the time to create something special for me because the job is taking the time to create special stuff for my clients. Mm -hmm. So the way they treat me is the way I need them to treat my clients. So that's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, the people who immediately got job interviews did this. They looked me up on the internet and they thought, they, they tried to figure out with empathy what my problems would be. Not saying my, that, that I'm, I'm eating too much during the COVID-19, yeah. <laughs> but what's my problem? So at the time, I was teaching comedy. Mm-hmm. And so the, the people who immediately got interviews said, I imagine it would be hard, you know, dealing with a lot of comics mm-hmm. who um, are known to <laughs> need a lot of attention, a lot of your attention, mm-hmm. right? And I went, okay, that person's got the job. Yeah. Because they were able to in just the very letter by looking up what I do um, uh, um, make some very accurate assumptions Mm -hmm. of what problems I'm having and what I would want their job to be so this is for an admin job Mm -hmm. I go I know it's sometimes difficult working with creative people and I would be a great buffer for that really giving them the attention that they probably want and helping protect your time Mm -hmm. I fell in love with this person um, from their query letter. Mm-hmm. And so let's say from 250 people, I only interviewed five people. Yep. Because they, and I always interviewed the people who took the time to look me up and did not give me one of those cut and paste bullshit mm-hmm. 
letters. Now, your resume can be, you know, obviously that, but the cover letter yep. is essential. And your cover letter, it's, it's again, counterintuitive. You think it should be about lauding, you know, all of your, you know, cr credentials. Mm -hmm. But actually, what it really is, is it's focusing on the other person, the company, the person, look them up, where did they go to college, something to show that you are someone who takes and makes extra effort. Absolutely. So let's review, go through all these steps again for those who, uh, you know, who want to kind of take some notes at the end here. So the first thing we talked about, natural first step is build up some new skills, new skill sets, new things that you can learn. If you if you struggle with certain pieces of technology, quarantine is the best time to learn them. You know, if you want to learn a new skill, if you want to learn a new ability, if you want to learn something, now is a great time to do it. Uh, I don't know where we're going to be when this episode comes out, but that's the first step is building up your baseline value with your skills. The next thing, of course, is researching the people you are going to be applying for a job from. Find out what their problems are. Find out what their issues are. Find out what their objectives are, the different things that they want to accomplish. It doesn't matter if it's Chipotle or a you know Fortune 100 company. All these companies have issues, they have objectives, they have things that they want to do and things that they're looking for in people to solve those problems. Then the next step is after you've gathered up that research is you want to create that story that summarizes their concerns while at the same time demonstrating your ability, your mess to success story. It's not enough to just tell somebody, yes, I'm good at customer service. You need to have that very quick, very simple story that demonstrates your ability to handle that type of problem based on their concerns. Like we said earlier, if you can define someone's problem to them in the most intricate and certain way possible, they are going to assume that you have the answer and that you are the solution, that you're the expert in the room. So have those stories. Next thing is you need to have a variety of these things. Don't just think, okay, they probably just want someone who wants this and then put all your eggs in that basket. No, come up with all sorts of different avenues to come at it. Things about customer service, things about, you know, management, things about, you know, just anything, anything you can come up with that could pertain to a problem or solving a problem for this organization that you're trying to get a job from. Take all that information and the next step when you're putting your resume and your query letter together, make sure that your query letter is not just some big collection of how great you are. Put empathy in there. Put that concern in there. Point out the things that they may be struggling with and why you would be a good fit to solve those problems for them. Concentrate on them. Do not just concentrate on how great you are because, you know, you are going to want to demonstrate that you're paying attention, that you're listening, and that you are concerned about their issues so that you can solve and make their business better. And then my final thing is you got to practice all this stuff. You can't just write it all down and yeah. be like, I got it. It's going to be great. Let's go in there. Because the attention, especially if it's your first time looking for a new job in a long time, you're going to freeze up. You're not going to know. You're not going to be able to recall this stuff. You're not going to be able to, you know, do. if you're a performer, this is essential. You know, you've got to get up there. And yeah. this is true for anything, you know. 
if you're getting an odd, if you're auditioning for a movie or a TV show and they send you a script, you look at that script, you read that script, you practice that script, you go in there and you create a perspective and a point of view and you go in and you perform. And that's the same with any job interview. You've got to have your research. You've got to have your stories. You got to practice them. If you got no one to practice them to practice it in the mirror, it doesn't matter. But yeah. you got to take all of this information, which there is a lot. There's a lot of pre-work that you have to do and practice and practice and practice so that if you get past that initial query letter, if you get past that, maybe they do a phone interview first, which will probably be a big thing going forward. You know, they're not going to bring a lot of people into offices all that much. If you get past all of those hurdles, you have got the, you know, you've got, you did, you did the homework. You did the baseline work. You you've yeah. you've showed up with everything you need, and you can land that job in order to you know either it's going to be the job that's going to propel you forward, and maybe it's in the career you want, or maybe it's just there to subsidize your art. Either way, the objective is to get that job, and that's the steps you need to take. Yeah, and I just want to put out there that um, uh, your possibility of your purpose in life could feel that when you lost your job you lost everything. Mm. And here is my hope for everybody listening that when that everybody not only gets back on your feet with something new but something better mm -hmm. and that you're not just on your feet and surviving but you're thriving and you can look back and this is what I hope that you can say thank god that I lost that because what I have now is so much better. If you would like to learn more about turning your purpose into a career, go to themessageofyou.com where I'll give you free access to my online course. Click the button in the top banner when you get there. If you'd like to learn more about what I'm doing, then go to judycarter.com. Thanks for listening and let's find your message and launch your career.